Welcome back to MVC Weekly. As always, I'm your host, Scott Prierost, and with me I have my uh, sports reporter, Jacob Urich. How's it going, Jacob? It's going pretty good. Another nice day. Just waiting uh, for it to get cold again. So. Yeah. A lot of bumpy weather these next few days coming up here. But uh, we got a lot to talk about today, um, starting with MVC softball and starting there with uh, the Illinois State Redbirds coming off their first win over Illinois in 11 years. Uh, 3-2 win last night. Um, Hannah Mejnick was in the circle for the Redbirds. And I, a lot this year you've heard the name Hannah Ross over and over again in the circle because she's just been phenomenal for this team. But these young pitchers have stepped up, and Hannah Mejnick, Outside of, um, I think it was a two-run homer in the fourth is when it was, I believe. Um, outside of that, she allows just uh, three more hits from Illinois the entire game, uh, holds them to two runs, and uh, three solo shots help ISU softball to their first win over the Illini in 11 years. A big win for this team as the that marks five in a row now for them. And uh, after that back-to-back losses to Missouri State at home earlier in the year. They've uh, rebounded quite well. Yeah, they've won 16 of their last 18, just in a really good stretch. We, t- we touched on a, a little bit last week. Um, you mentioned their pitching, their third in ERA, seventh in strikeouts, which is a little bit lower, but still getting those, those ground balls and not letting anything out uh, of the ballpark. They're yeah, their second-least home runs and second-least runs uh, allowed. So, yeah, the pitching has been really great, like you mentioned, with Ross and Meshnick. Uh they do have they've got a really crucial matchup this weekend, uh, like we've talked about against UNI. Uh, UNI's offense is the best in the MVC. We'll talk about them a little bit later, but right now, yeah, the five game win streak. They're in a really good groove, uh, but almost every single team at the top of the MVC is kind of in that groove right now. Yeah, I think so. ISU's at five, and I believe the top two teams, Northern Iowa, and Missouri State, are both at six game win streaks right now. So. Um, but you look at ISU's offense, it, it's been really solid. Their pitching has been amazing, but, I mean, Emmy Olsen offensively has just been incredible, uh, just under a uh, 1,000 OPS. Um, Delaney Bryant uh, is just over a 1,000 OPS. Um, so the offense is there. Emmy Olsen these past few weeks has been incredible. She was one of the players that hit a home run last night. She hit that first-inning homer uh, for the Redbirds. But... I mean, I think the big thing that people are looking at is their pitching, but their offense cannot get overlooked. I mean, like I said, Emmy Olsen, phenomenal. Abby Knight batting three thirty-eight. Uh, she's played in all 42 games. And then Delaney Bryant also played in all 42 games there. And that over 1,000 OPS is just a really impressive number. But, I mean, it's, it's a balanced offense. You have, what is that, five players over 20 RBIs for them with another – four in double digits so i mean you're you're getting production from a lot of different spots which is important um but it's not just the veterans it's not just the younger players it's a mix of everything and i think that's what you need with this team we talked about this earlier in the year but their schedule to start the season was really tough they were playing some really good teams in a lot of those tournaments um and then they hit a stretch where they were maybe playing some lower level teams like they were playing the teams that are sitting near the bottom of the conference right now and now you're starting to hit the middle of the pack and starting to play some of those higher level teams and this is where you see just what this team is capable of yeah i mean i think the most encouraging thing uh with them going forward is just seeing how both sides are so balanced you're not having one side carry the other so you mentioned the pitching and the offense. I mean, yeah, the offense is uh, in total third in batting average, third in OPS, third in walks. So when you have that balance, like I mentioned, you're not relying on one side of the ball to really carry your team. Um, 
I, but it's re- it's really going to be tested this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Big matchup coming up this weekend. A three-game homestand against the Missouri Valley Conference-leading Northern Iowa Panthers. Um, that's who we'll talk about next. Just one uh, loss in Missouri Valley Conference play so far. Um, this offense, like you said, is just something else. Uh, Maya Dodge batting 442 for the Panthers in 35 games. Uh, Alexis Papilo 420 in 38 games. Um, so they have four or two players over 400, two more players over 300. Um, this offense is just incredible so far this year. Yeah, it's helped carry them. Uh, just like ISU, they've won 16 of their last 18 games. They're just in a huge groove right now. They're first in batting average, first in OPS. Uh, they're first in slugging percentage at 565, which is 107 points higher than the second place team. Uh, first in runs scored, first in hits, and first in home runs with 57. That's 26 more than the second-place team. Uh, they're second in walks and stolen bases. It's it's just it, it's, it sticks out like a, th- a sore thumb. They're all, like, their offense is just it's unbelievable when you have two players batting over 400. And to add on to that, their pitching staff is incredible as well. I mean, they're second in ERA, first in strikeouts. Uh, opponents are batting 210. Uh, they're just an elevated version of what ISU is right now. That uh, Maya Dodge number is blowing my mind. A 981 slug percentage. So for those of you who don't know what slug percentage is, that means she's getting on base basically, she's getting one base every at-bat is what that amounts to. So even though she gets out, uh, let's say she gets out twice in a game but then hits a triple uh, in her third at-bat, her slug percentage for the day would be one. So she's basically getting a base every time she steps up to the plate is what that number means. And, I mean, Alexis Papilo not too far behind her with the 857, and then Madison Parks over 500 as well. I mean, anytime you're over 500 with that slug number, it's a good season for you. But those numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. And then, like you said, the pitching is there too. A 2-3-4 ERA is just a really good number to see. So, I mean, this team's going to be tough to beat. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how – uh, the mix in ISU's pitching staff is able to handle that. Uh, Hannah Ross has been incredible this year, but what can she do? Can she slow down uh, that high-powered offense? And then Hannah Meshnick, uh, maybe going against this uh, young pitcher, how can she handle the pressure? Um, so I think this is a really big series, and I think it's going to define a lot within this Missouri Valley Conference uh, in terms of what it's going to look like come tournament time. But this is this is a heck of a team we're looking at right there. Yeah, I mean, you have Samantha Heyer, who has the 1.74 ERA, which is, I believe, the top of the MVC or pretty close. Uh, the pitching matchup uh, is probably going to, in my opinion, probably be one of the most interesting aspects of it, just to see if either one of them can slow down their respective offenses. But, I mean, we just can't uh, hark on it enough. It's just a huge matchup. Yeah, definitely. The Panthers' only loss of the year... Uh, came against Indiana State at Indiana State. Um, they allowed four runs in the third inning of that game, and that seemed to be the killer for them. But outside of that, unblemished, um, seventeen and one, I believe, or sixteen and one. I'm sorry, uh, in Missouri Valley Conference play. So just an incredible number there. This team is going to be a tough team to beat, but uh, Redbirds have had a lot of success at Marion Kinnear Stadium this year. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle this. Uh, this high-powered team, because it's uh, it's a big game across the board, definitely. Uh, the next team we want to talk about, uh, the Missouri State Bears, currently uh, the team in the middle of uh, Northern Iowa and uh, ISU. Um, they had that 2-1 and one weekend against the ISU a couple weekends ago. Um, it's been the big difference in the standings there. 
Um, their offense is uh, it's not quite the level of ISU even. I mean, you have just two batters above 300 there. Um, your RBI numbers aren't quite the same, um, but your pitching numbers, 312, that's not a bad number at all, but it, they're just really – they're middle-of-the-pack team, and they're making plays when it matters to help them get the record that they have at this point. Yeah, and again, that's another team who's been really good lately. They've won 16 of their last 17, so they're hitting their stride. And that is the one thing that did kind of jump off to me, like uh, jump out to me. Uh, their offense, yeah, just not not great. I mean, yeah, ninth and batting average, sixth and run score, tenth and hits, fifth and home runs. You look at those numbers, and you don't think this is a second place team, like from first glance. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're first in stolen bases, which can help putting those runners in scoring yeah. position and getting those hits when it matters. Um, but yeah, the pitching staff, sixth in the ERA, tenth in strikeouts. Uh, but one thing I did notice, in their last 17 games, they've only allowed over three runs three times, so they're really doing damage uh, even more lately, if not allowing So they win runs. those low-scoring games, yeah. probably. That's really what's happened uh, so far. And, uh, yeah, I... It really is just a little bit shocking just looking at the stats. I mean, we haven't been able to watch every single game. or it, like We haven't been w- able to watch most of these games unless it's been against ISU. But uh, it, it just jumps out to you a little bit because there's not really one thing that they excel at. Um, besides, I mean, stealing base, of course, they have 87, which I think is pretty by far like the leader in the NBC. Yeah. But it's just a, another team hitting stride. Yeah, Mackenzie Vaughn has been Mackenzie Vaughn, Olivia Crabiel, and Tess Weekly have been the big three really offensively for them uh, so far this year. Mackenzie Vaughn uh, with an OPS of over eleven hundred there, um, so that's a big number there. And then Olivia Crabiel twenty four RBIs, but just three players over twenty, one more player in double digits. Everyone else is in single digits for that team. So I mean. Like I said, first glance, it doesn't look like the type of team that might be second in the Missouri Valley Conference, but they know how to win games, and they're using their strengths to win those games. And that's something that doesn't happen a lot at this level of uh, play, but they're doing their job, and that's how they found themselves in second place. Um, so, I mean, they have a, a big stretch ahead of them here. I believe they close out the series or the season against, yeah, number four, uh, Murray State, who we'll talk about in a little bit here. But they still got uh, three more conference series before them and then another conference game right in the middle there against Southern Illinois midweek game. Um, so they got a big stretch ahead of them. They're going to have to uh, lock in for that stretch. But I think this team, the way they're playing, they have made it a way to win games. While other teams might struggle with those numbers, they they can win games like that. The last thing, the uh, last team we want to talk about, uh, Murray State Racers. Uh, like I said, currently sitting fourth in the Missouri Valley Conference, uh, twelve and five uh, record in MVC play. Um, they're a little more balanced across the board there. Um, ERA of just two point two nine as a team, which is just an incredible number. But their opponent ERA is just two point eight six against them. Um, they have three batters batting over three hundred. Um, Jaden Thompson is leading the charge there, uh, 339. Um, and like I said, they're a little more balanced uh, in terms of RBIs, but even so, I mean, it's not quite as high-powered of an offense as some of these other teams that we've talked about. Yeah, uh, their pitching has really been the vocal point of yeah. what they've been doing this year. First in ERA, third in strikeouts, least walks allowed, opponents are in 225, set, which is second. Sixth and hits. Um, but to touch on the offense, it's really struggled to put it on against some of the higher teams uh, that we've talked about, mainly ISU and UNI. Um, in the five games they've played against those two teams, they've only scored a total of three runs. So once you get down uh, 
to tournament play. It's going to be it's going to be def- it's going to be interesting to see if they can start to put on those runs. But I mean, from the numbers they've put up so far as a whole, uh, it's not too promising. Um, but when that, you're pitching that, this way, yeah, when you're pitching that way, like that, that's I think a lot of people would agree that's the first thing you really want to see. I know in today's age, it's kind of it's it's flipped the script. But if you can have uh, those pitching staffs just limit those runs, I think you'll take that more so than having an offense that is going to go for 10 runs but isn't consistent. Yeah, definitely. Those ERA numbers, ERA numbers are really impressive. Um, 152, 203, and 304 there um, out of their three biggest uh, arms. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I mean, every team has their own way of winning games. I think ISU is one of those more balanced teams, a strong pitching staff with their offense has been really solid. Um, Northern Iowa is clearly, I mean, their pitching staff is really good, but it's their offense that's just incredible. Um, Missouri State, like we talked about, really balanced, not elite at any one thing, but really good at a lot of things. And then you look at Murray State, offense not great, but that pitching staff with two two ninety ERA, um, especially through 43 games, is really impressive for this team. Um, like I said, big weekend ahead for softball. Um, this ISU-UNI matchup is definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, Across the board, really, because I think it's going to move a lot of things around to the conference. Uh, like I said, uh, Missouri State doesn't have an easy stretch ahead of them. They still got to play Belmont um, Southern. They have a series against Indiana State, and they close against Murray State. So a lot to be, can still be shifted. But I think these four teams have really separated themselves as the uh, the powerhouses in the conference this year. Uh, the last thing we want to talk about today: Illinois State baseball drops their eighth straight last night, um, falling. I believe it was four two, yeah, four two to Milwaukee at Duffy Bass Field. Um, it's just been a rough stretch for ISU ever since uh, they won back to back games over Missouri State two one and then Illinois twelve uh, nine at Illinois. Um, they've lost, like I said, eight straight three game series against Indiana State, a blowout loss at home to Illinois, a three game series to Murray State, and then the loss last night to Milwaukee. Um, I think the biggest thing, the biggest issue for them is. We see it every game. They're just leaving too many runners on base. I couldn't tell you the amount of games I've seen where they have double-digit runners left on base, and last night was no different with 12 more left on base. Yeah, it's it's just a really bad stretch for them right now, an eight-game losing streak like you just went through, um, and it it has potential uh, to get a lot worse this weekend. They face ninth-place Bradley. If, they're in 10th. Uh, yeah, so if, if they're not able to win that series uh, – it's the rest of the season looks pretty bleak, just to be honest. So, uh, there's not much else really to say. It's just a really, really bad stretch for them right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if Shaden Kubo has looked awesome for them, uh, 306 this year, I think he's one of those guys who isn't leaving runners on base. I feel like when I'm watching these games, a lot of times he comes up and I'm confident that he's going to be able to drive people in. He's had multiple games where he's just looked very solid there. Uh, Daniel Pacella is another one of those guys, leads the team with 30 RBIs. But across the board, they've struggled in that category. Um, Inconsistencies um, in terms of lineup have been somewhat of an issue, mainly middle infield. Uh, Luke Chang has played just 19 games. He was batting 170 in those 19 games, but he's been out of the lineup recently. Um, luckily, with his in his absence, uh, Shai Robinson has uh, gotten healthy and has jumped into the lineup, and he's had his up-and-down moments. Um, but like I said, Shaden Kubo has kind of been that rock in the middle infield, even though he's actually shifted over to uh, first base for 
a couple games just because they're trying to figure some things out there. Um, but they haven't been 100% healthy this year. Um, but regardless, double-digit runners left on base as consistently as they do is is never acceptable, really. Um, they have, like you said, a big stretch coming up. They got Northern Illinois at DeKalb uh, tonight, 3 p.m., and then they have that three-game series in Peoria against Bradley, and that's just a big series because you got to find a way to get two out of three, you would hope, at that point, just because, I mean, you're sitting in 10th in the conference right now. You're a game back from Bradley in the nine seed and then a game back from uh, – UIC, I believe it is, in the uh, eight seed there, which is, uh, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys hear anything differently, but the eight seed is the cutoff for making the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. So they got to turn it on right now. And that series against Bradley, obviously huge. You want to be able to jump them. And then UIC is your last home series in the second to last series of the year. So big games ahead for this team. Um, you just you got to find a way to win the games like these. Well, they also play Valparaiso, and Valparaiso is kind of in that. They're that six seed, am I right? Yeah, they're five and seven right now, but I mean, that's only a three game difference right you now. Sweep so, Valparaiso, like, and yeah, like, but right that's. I, they they uh, close with Valparaiso, and like you mentioned right before that, play UIC. They still have to play Southern Illinois, which is going to be rough, but I mean, if, if you can string, again, it depends how it shakes out for Valparaiso. Um, towards the end, but if you can somehow string along, what, four out of six wins against UIC and Valparaiso and maybe shake it up a little bit, um, that's probably best-case scenario for them. Yeah, definitely. you gotta you got to shave the deficit a little bit heading into that Valparaiso yeah. series so that maybe you don't have to sweep them. Obviously, sweeping them would be awesome, but maybe make it a little bit closer so that when you get into that last series, you don't have the pressure of, we have to sweep them if we want to make the conference tournament. Um, I think that's it for me. Anything else from you, Jacob? I think I'm good. All right. So in the meantime, make sure to follow our Twitter accounts at the underscore vedette and at Viddy underscore sports. We'll talk to you guys again next week.